It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller talking sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thank you for spending uh, some of your morning here with us. BMW, Des Moines guest list, the bottom of the hour. We're going to get into baseball over the next couple of days. We are going to discuss, uh, well, the regional teams, uh, teams in our area. And up first will be the St. Louis Cardinals, bottom of the hour, Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com, thecardinalnation.com on the Cardinals, who look as though they are the at least in these, uh, my eyes, the main threat to the Milwaukee Brewers as they seek to repeat uh, in the Central Division. So Brian Walton at the bottom of the hour. At 11.15, Matt Postens covers the Big 12 for Heartland College Sports. We will opine a little bit more on the uh, national championship game from last night as Kansas wins as we know we'll get to that in a moment but uh, matt postens will be here we'll do some big 12 conversation with postens and then ryan fagan on major league baseball we'll go around the world of mlb 48 hours or thereabouts out from opening day what a day thursday promises to be it's going to be a drag until we get to that point but um nonetheless here we are and sadly the nets have been cut down and the curtain has fallen down i'd like to be the second person to congratulate the Kansas City Jayhawks for their national championship. I mean, how do you make that mistake? He is an idiot. Just yes, he moron. is. And I feel bad for the registers, Mark Emmert, who took all the arrows. Of course he did. Because that is his name and yeah. that he does have that Twitter handle. Uh-huh. Uh, anyways, um, Trent, just really a tale of two halves, right? It really and truly was. Kansas was just atrocious early in the basketball game. Awful. Uh, fall down 16-15 at the half. What was Brown? One for seven. Wilson was like one for six. Remy Martin was one for five. Jalen Wilson missed three or four. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, right under the basket bunnies, layups. Kansas was four of 14 on layups and dunks in the first half. Four, four of 14. Of 14. Holy mackerel. They couldn't get to the rim. They couldn't get any offense going. And after jumping out 7 nothing, Right. And did you see our friends at Four Bet for six. Somebody bet on the money line, Kansas, $90,000. saw that. $90,000 and down 15. You said, well, there goes $90,000. Yeah. Alas, the Jayhawks had different ideas. No, they really did. And Charles Barkley nailed it. He said, uh, quit trying to throw it down to McCormick and, 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 and speed the game up. And that's exactly what they did. And that, uh, that lead was very quickly gone. Was it a collapse or was it a comeback? I give it more of a comeback. That was Kansas making plays. Although, on the other hand, Trent, and I agree with you, 
But you could certainly listen to the argument that North Carolina, at least in the beginning of that, uh, they settled for more long jump shots, absolutely more did. threes. Uh, instead of being aggressive and, uh, and doing what got them that lead in the first place, it's kind of like, well, look, it's, it's, I guess, to try and get in their heads a little bit. You're up 15 with 20 minutes to go. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going what did there. And it right? was them playing fast, and they allowed Kansas mm-hmm. to play fast. Now, I was shocked after the game, looking through the box score. Do, do you know how many point, fast break points Kansas had in the game? Uh, no. Ten. It felt huh. like they had 20 in that range. I was going to say, and they got them all in the first few minutes of the second half. From the 19-minute mark uh-huh. to like the under 12, it felt like they got certainly all of them, right? They mm-hmm. had to be all. Yeah, Brown was unbelievable oh, in that, yeah. in that, ju- in that uh, uh, portion of the game. Had that first Euro step, kind of that extra yeah, hop to get right. through there. A couple other times, uh-huh. he just took it to the 10, and their ability to get out, get the game going fast again. And this goes to Bill Self. Bill Self, you ask anybody that really knows the college game, and they talk about... Not the guy that recruits the best. Not the guy that has the best bag men. Mm-hmm. The guy that actually knows well, the that's game. That's coming to a head. <laughs> and that's another one Bill Self's really good at, but we'll wait on that. But they will say to a T, Bill Self's always in the conversation. He is always considered, X's and O's wise, one of the best guys that you're going to find in the game. And I think that's another example of that. Pushing the button. Last three games, they score 41 points or more in the second half of games. That's coaching. Hmm. This is not his most mm-hmm. talented team. Nope. It's probably not even his top dozen in terms of raw talent. You know, when he's asked that question, he agrees that it's not. He says it's the closest. I don't know if I've heard him describe, no, this is number four or or X, Y, and Z teams mm-hmm. were better. And yet, you know, you're never going to hear that from him. But, look, he did a hell of a job, Trent. He did a hell of a job. And that, that final 20 minutes last night, uh, apparently he didn't get go crazy in the locker room at halftime. Um, he brought up the 2008 National Championship yes, game. Yes, how about that? Where would you rather be, down 15 yes. with 20 to go or... Down nine with two to go. Mm-hmm. And that kind of got him going. Mm-hmm. And apparently McCormick, he said, we're going to win this. And he was very confident. He, he was not down one. And, and in fact, his teammates, everyone that I heard, um, you know, like Jason Hayward's speech after the they all yep. brought that up. Yep. This was kind of uh, similar, that it was all McCormick. And, and his attitude at halftime is, you know, it's not woe is me. Let's go out and we can win this game. It's okay. He's got a smile on his face. And. Look, he was proven right. He was proven right in the end. McCormick, after the game, hearing him, hearing... How is he not the MVP? Or the MOP, most outstanding player? You know, when I've seen people that we follow on Twitter, and I know you follow most of the same Mm -hmm. basketball guys I do, um, to a man that have a vote in this thing, that were in the building last night, they have no idea how Abaji was, was handled the award because they can't find anybody who voted for him. Was there some chicanery with David McCormick's recruiting? I don't remember. I, um, I'm just asking. I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, he was a McDonald's All-American, right? Yeah, so probably. Probably. Yeah. But he's not the first or the last. And Abaji was like the 212th ranked kid in yeah. his class. Right. He was not getting a bag. No. Well, it, maybe got a bag, but nowhere near the bag. Could it be as simple as that? You wonder. I mean, I'm, I get the tin hail, tinfoil hat well, out. Like, Matt Norlander, like uh, Mike Devaney, um, these guys have been following the sport for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Corsi, rather. Um, they can't find anybody. They're pretty well connected. Yeah. They talk on, on press row, and no one can... Um, well, I didn't vote for him, did you? No, I voted for McCormick. But I voted for Brown. 
I put McCormick too. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, look at the the celebration is in Lawrence and in Kansas City. I guess if they want to participate, of course they were brought into the equation last night. But uh, really a remarkable, remarkable and great thing for the people of Missouri on the other side of the river because they're never winning a national championship yeah. in Mizzou, right? So they got something at there least last go. night. Yep. Kansas City, oh, Mark Emmert, just a, a foot in the mouth. But it's not just about the game lingering as we approach the thousand day mark yep. of the sanctions that were handed down. These were five level one violations that were handed Trent, down. These guys to this in j- serving jail time as we speak. Merle Code is in prison. Yes, in prison, right? Because of this, and not only that. And this is what upsets me about Kansas: is the way that they did these guys dirty to go back and then say that we were the victims, right? And go out. They played that card very, very quickly after that. Absolutely. Then on top of it, to double down and have that midnight madness with Snoop Dogg and mm-hmm. the stripper poles mm-hmm. and money floating down and everything else. That is what, to me, taints this more than anything, is they cheated. Bill Self was right in the middle of this. He said, I need to get some real guys. He texted that. The NCAA has had this for over 900 days. Mm-hmm. They should not have been eligible to play in this tournament. If we're playing by the rules, they should not be playing in this tournament and they're national champions. And Trent, I mean, I, I know I keep hearing that the hammer's going to fall. I'll buy it when I see it. Oklahoma State. It did there. Maybe they didn't have as good of lawyers as Kansas has got because yeah. you can bet your bottom dollar. Uh, there's a lot of dollars being spent on the best mm-hmm. legal representative, and you're absolutely entitled to it. Go for it. We'll see how it turns out. But um, I know how last night turned out. It was a remarkable comeback, down 16, 15 at the half. And as you said, by the time they got to the second media timeout, that lead was, I mean, all the momentum was in Kansas' favor. Walking wounded by the end. We knew from the beginning. Oh, I felt bad for him. I mean, he, just, he didn't even jump on the jump ball. No. He just, he knew. No. And he gutted it out, yep. and that dude is tough. Yep. And you want that guy yep. on your team. He is going to make it good. And you got to figure, like he probably doesn't have an NBA future. People say he just probably doesn't work in the game. Maybe he's a second-round pick, but more than likely, mm. a guy like that coming back in the NIL era, he's going to get paid, right? I would like to think he does. He deserves it. But I mean, the way, look what he did for that team last night, Trent. And if he doesn't go down with the broken floor. Hey, and how, this is what I was going to say. What was up with that? Have you seen? I'm sure it's happened, right? But the f- way the floor buckled under his right ankle—I've seen that happen before, though. I, I've seen that happen many times. I've seen it. You know, you go to an AU tournament, and there's eight courts there, and they're all put together very quickly, and mm-hmm. and you see those kind of things. You'll see but this was the national championship. It was, but it's the same floor. I mean, it's ultimately the same thing, right? These are all. This is not a solid floor. Floor that is down. No, In fact, uh-uh. there's no arenas. It's probably down. It's probably coming up as we speak. We're not talking about a high school arena uh-huh. that the floor is there all the right. time. Right. Every one of these yeah. are picked up and moved, and because of that, these kind of things happen. So I've seen it before, but in that spot with the mm-hmm. bad wheel, mm-hmm. Baycock said after the game he thought he was getting to the rim. He felt confident he was going. He was turning the corner. He was going to get to the rim, and he was going to get the bucket. And how different oh. that one plays out. At that hey, point. how about the fact that after it happened, Kansas little sportsmanship? I mean, we're ripping them. We're yes, ripping them. Do, yes. do we have to credit him here because they did not attack? They did not attack the rim because he's on the ground and somebody at the other ups- end of the floor. Was it Abashi that was upset about it? Like, what are we doing? There was one play. Or I can't, was it Remy Martin? It, it might have was, been. It was somebody though. Uh, yes, absolutely. I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. come on, right? What are we doing? They and, they just they just eased up. They just mm-hmm. quit playing when and and let the uh, and let the officials um, come to the aid of the fallen player by blowing the whistle and letting the uh, the trainers get on the floor. But that was a little sportsmanship, absolutely. or was it just a brain cramp? 
Well, regardless what they did, they went to McCormick right away. Yeah, and Manic, absolutely. Defensively, we talked about Manic yeah. a lot. Defensively, Boy, no he match. had a rough night as far as he was kind of like Luca Garza early in his career, getting hit in the face oh, and in yeah. the chops and in the nose. And they were trying to get Manic that last shot. Yeah. And then he, and it was really yeah. in the same area. Is that yeah. that same board? Did the same board get him? Oh. Okay. Never thought of that, but kind of was in the same area. Right. It's, and the shot wasn't even close. No, no. How about if you've I got thought a, it was short, and then they showed the side view. Yeah, like, was oh, he, did, it was he, left he, by a foot and a half. He missed completely. Yeah. Um, and in that you can't criticize. I mean, look what he did the game before. Yeah. Um, they're not there without him. No, of course they're not. 5-24 is not. going to linger, though, for so Caleb Love. Yeah. Well, the and the defense on him, they did, they did a number on him And he was hurt, too. Last night. So he's banged up. Mm-hmm. Your boy Puff Johnson. It was great. He Puking on the floor. Puking on the floor uh-huh. after he got hit in the gut. Wonder what I mean. Just never see anything like that. No, in you really don't. Don't you have that? I'm, I'm kind of glad we don't. It's not something you want to make. So you had love with the. Was it an ankle? Was I don't it a? Know, but he was clearly in pain. There was that one time. I wouldn't down, come off the floor. Right, he's hopping around mm-hmm. out there, and then next defensive series, he looks terrible, and then all of a sudden he gets the ball and he's fine. Yeah, that was odd. So speaking of that, and. Um, First twenty minutes, Baycott Baycott was way more active, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Then you have that the halftime, mm-hmm. and you go in, and I don't know. Did they keep him on a bike? Did they keep him moving around? The last thing I would think is he would want to. That thing tightens up a little bit if it's not getting used. I wonder if if halftime was a detriment to his second half performance. Probably, and. I don't know how much longer it is opposed to the 15 minutes they normally get. I think it was 20. It was 20. So yeah. it's not Super Bowl mm-hmm. ridiculous, but no. it's a little more time there and a little more time to get tight. But you're right. He was not the same guy that we mm-hmm. saw in the first half. And probably more than likely anything that he probably got a shot, right? Got something well, in something, the ankle before sure. the game and that starts to wear off after a while. And you can't do multiple ones of those. So got to figure that was a piece of it too. He is such a man. He's oh. so good though. I, I really grew to like basketball-wise, every one of these teams in the Final Four. And we talked about the Blue Blood angle and how cool it was to have you know these four major programs playing in a Final Four, but watching North Carolina, just their ability and what they did, seemingly completely turning around their season after mm-hmm. that loss to Pitt, yep. and what they became, and how much fun they were to watch as a team. Same thing with Kansas. This Kansas team was fun to watch, and Bill Self talked about the togetherness, but the way they run that secondary break. I always love Kansas in the secondary break and going back to the Roy days. Duke. Yeah, it's Duke. I don't like Duke, but I liked watching that basketball team play and the way they were so clutch. I like Ben Carroll. I really like watching him. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Against Michigan State, against Texas Tech, those comebacks, I'll remember those games for a really long time. And Villanova, just the fundamentally sound, you know, the gritty, gutty kind of guys out there. They were four very enjoyable basketball teams, and that... Another reason I think made this Final Four so special. No, and and it was it was uh, it was a great watch. Uh, Jalen Coleman lands, you get a ring. Joseph Yesifu, yeah. you get a ring. Two guys that were uh, in our state uh, now national championships. Coleman lands got to be done now, right? I mean, this is he's out of eligibility. You would think, mm-hmm. uh, boy, he's had a long career, but he caps it as a national championship, and he did see the floor uh, late in that basketball game last night. Well, I um, if you bet. Kansas on the um against the point spread. Yeah. And you're 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 given four, you're given four and a half. Aren't you thinking, you know what? I'm gonna we're gonna I'm gonna cover. I'm yeah. gonna catch this ticket. I had my head in race. And Harris steps out of bounds. And it was so weird because you saw it. He's for sure gonna get fouled and he's right. an eighty percent free throw shooter. He's making one, if not two. If it's a normal floor, if it's not the extended final four national championship floor. 
That probably doesn't happen. But you think all that extra room over there, he probably mm, thought he wasn't maybe, maybe as close. It was just so odd because mm-hmm. you rarely see something like that. Open the door. Absolutely. And then Bill Self didn't foul. No, what about that? Three. I didn't like it. Yeah, foul defended. He let him go. And mm-hmm. I mean, as it turned out, it, was, it worked out. But well, he's got two national championships. I know, zero. but you know what? I'd have done the same thing. And I think, Trent, if you would poll our audience, mm-hmm. I don't know if it would be four out of five, but I think it would be pretty close to that. Would have, would have fouled him in With that 4. spot. 4.3 seconds. That's just it. And that first inbound is a perfect time to uh-huh. do it. I mean, the dude's 35 feet away. Precisely. Makes that first move, grab yep. him, and yep. boom. Put him at the free throw line. And best case scenario for them, make the first, try to tip in the second. Mm-hmm. That's what they would have to do to tie the game. Miss it on purpose. Instead, well, awful shot by Love. Yeah, it just wasn't close. But again, no. look what he did uh, the game before against Duke. He was so instrumental in that basketball game. Well, you know what time it is uh, as we is uh, put the season over. No. Now it's time to look forward. No, the way too early. Preseason number one for next season. This is from John Rothstein. Okay, the preseason CBS. number one... Um, SEC? Yes. They don't live in Lexington? They do. They do. It's Kentucky? Kentucky I was going to say Arkansas. So that is with Toshibe coming back, which we'll see. Uh, Save Wheeler, who has another year of eligibility. Keon Brooks also coming back. He's going to go to the NBA and go through the process, but we'll see. Where's Arkansas? I thought they'd be number one. Arkansas in this list is number five, is the Razorbacks. Baylor ahead of them? Baylor's not there. So your top five are number one, as mentioned, Kentucky. UCLA at number two. Okay, that is yeah, with yeah. Tiger Campbell, Johnny Juzang, Jaime Jaquez. Mm-hmm. Think about those guys coming back yeah, for another Same year. cast, essentially. Yeah. You bring that crew back. Number three, Good Carolina. Zag is not in there. Please tell me the Zags aren't in there. How about Houston at number four? Okay, so they're not in the top five. Good. Remember, they'll get Marcus Sasser back, who's their best player. Yeah, totally they went hurt. to the lead eight. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Lost another player. Uh, at number six, though, is Gonzaga yep. behind Arkansas at five. Baylor at seven. Nova 8, Duke at 9, Creighton at number 10. And this is a top, not 25, top 45 with the 45 bids that are out there. Number 42, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Number 44, the Iowa State Cyclones. So you're saying there's a chance? Oh, there's a chance. Both teams will be dancing. Absolutely. Uh, It's a little bit too early. Yes. Rosters, well, we still got over a thousand kids in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Probably <laughs> and, a few and things adding, to figure it out. Yeah, yes. and growing right. uh, each and every day. Uh, fun, fun game last night. Fun game. Uh, Nance was terrific. The, the, the broadcast was really good. Um, you know what? I, I was never a big Clark Kellogg fan. Mm-hmm. He's really he's good in that spot. Yes, he, absolutely. They, you know what? Uh, Jet and, and Charles need him. Mm-hmm. I think the broadcast needs an air quote college guy. Add some credibility. Yes, uh, it does. When Look, they first did that, when it was just Charles and when it was just Kenny the Jet, yeah. it wasn't very good. Right. They didn't know what was going on no. college-wise. Well, I mean, they know the game, obviously, right. but they don't follow college basketball mm-hmm. like you need to, I think, to sit in that chair. But having... The credibility that Clark Kellogg brings the floor. I wish he'd you know, go on record every now and then. Sure. Because every single year they get through the final four. Well, Clark, who do you like Monday? Eh, you know, I'm just, it's every single year. Yeah. You know, put it out there. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Uh, you're and, not going to you lose your job. Per- precisely. And you have the right to change your mind when you come back on Monday night. Yeah. So that's my only knock against it. But he knows the game, and he's a um, he's credibility to that show. Ernie's great. The other two are you know staples um, in basketball, uh, halftime or pregame entertainment. But uh, Clark, Clark Kellogg has a big role. 
So it's a lot better than the Billy Packer days. That's yeah, for sure. it is. Everybody it hated is. Billy yep. Packer, and it's a big, big step up from what we saw. You know, I was thinking back, and somebody had mentioned with the Duke, everything going on with this Final Four, and going back to the memories that I had at Duke UNLV. And I was thinking last night, UNLV, during that time, I remember every broadcast, and it was starting with Musburger and then into Nance as UNLV was playing, winning a national championship, then losing to Duke the next year. They talked about Tarkanian and the sanctions and all the trouble that UNLV, they talked about that all the time during the broadcast. I don't remember that. Was it mentioned once? Uh, I I thought Nance maybe had something kind of in passing, but the, you know, it, not that I can remember. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I don't. It didn't jump out. Is that an edict from the NCAA? Mm. Is that Jim Nance just kind of being Jim Nance? Maybe, maybe he's got his master's hat on because yeah. he's got to be. Oh, he's got to give his tie away too. Right. Yeah, shouldn't that be a violation? I think it should be. Um, what what a nerd! I, he really he is kind of he's isn't just he? a geek. He, he him in the Butler cabin just yeah, perfect know, for him. It's perfect for him. But yes, good God! There and are, look, he's laughing all the way to the bank. Oh so no doubt! If you got to play that role, you do that. Do what well, you got to do. He's got his own hole he out does. of his backyard, Pebble Beach on Pebble Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done pretty well for no, himself. No, he does. That's where Brady and Peyton Manning went over to his house and shot the thirty for thirty right. or whatever that or the Peyton what, what's Peyton show. Whatever Peyton Manning's football. Peyton's places. Peyton's places, yeah. Him and Brady in Nance's backyard playing golf and, and chipping balls off the roof and onto the green. And um, yeah, he's, he's done very well for himself. Look, he's good. I get it. He's not my favorite. He's not Certainly my favorite basketball. either. Not um, football. Nope. Golf, yes. Yeah, golf's okay, except till he gets to the butler cabin. And then it's so corny. Yes. Just it is. corny. <laughs> That's Jim Nance. I know. And he gives away a yeah. tie. Can you imagine last night, Abaji? MOP. Oh, now I got this nerd coming over and handing me a necktie. Right. Just what I mean. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, I know. He wasn't the he wasn't the most outstanding player McCormick was. Yes, he was. I think. And he made the bucket that proved to be the difference. Oh, was that huge? The putback yeah. one you're talking about? No, the, the one little jump. Down? Yeah, the, the jump, jump, hook. jump hook late. In the, that was his last basket, yeah. right? Yeah, it was. As he backed down yep. Manic. Yep. And got it done. Graduated in three years. Did you Did hear them really? talk about that? Yeah, they talked about that in a uh, sports information guy. So... I wonder if he's got or a communication, sports communications. He got a career whenever basketball ends for him. Huh. He'd be a fun guy to listen to. Yeah, really liked him. Yep. He did. What pregame show did you watch? Did you watch any of putting the kids to bed? Putting the kids to bed. Yeah, didn't see. Anything. I watched ESPNs. Okay. Um, just because you I, love Billis, I do. And you know what else? With the uh, it's the announcer, the college game day voice. Now back to you know I'm not that means I'm not even close. Yeah. But if you watch college football and you watch, you, it kind of reminded me of that. And um, yeah, it was pretty good. They were in a suite up at uh, not on the not on the floor. Mm-hmm. That's where the uh, the TBS guys were. Speaking of on the floor, did you see our buddy Rob Doster after the game last night as the confetti was still there? No, I didn't. His co-host on Field of sixty eight, John Fanta's big dude. Yeah, hefty. Yeah, he is. He's he he looks really young too, John Fanta. Probably. Yeah, I think it might be in you know. Late 20s, early 30s, something what a like that. he's got, because he does yeah. a lot of play-by-play. Yes, and Northeast guy, I think that's uh-huh. maybe how him and Doster cross paths, but they ran killers, wind sprints, where he run down to the free-throw line, touch it, come back to the baseline. Did Doster puke? Doster was fine. He coasted. Fanta was struggling. <laughs> struggling so much that he got a bloody nose as he was running. So where did you see this? On the on, field, on field of 68. I, never, I, was, I was cooked. Yeah, I know you were down. I was still up at 
well, 144, I think I sent my last tweet out last night about the Iowa and Iowa State being in the top 45 of Rossi, but give that one a click. It's funny seeing the big guy huffing and puffing, and all of a sudden he's got a bloody nose as he makes his way back after the last leg of his wind sprint. So Doster evidently sobered up after our conversation. Well, he wasn't looking fast. You could see it was still hitting him. Oh, man, was he hung over <laughs> yesterday when he joined us, right? New Orleans. Whew. Great, great city. No doubt about it. Perfect city for all championships. And I'll hear no other word. Nothing else. It is perfect. Everybody's on Bourbon Street. You're not spread out all over the place. If you want to know where everybody's at, that's where they will be. So it's Masters Week now. All of a sudden, we turn the page to Have the Have you made Masters. any bets yet? I just made one. Uh, right as you and I were talking and we're going through... DraftKings has like a billion. They really do. Different props mm-hmm. that you can do. And I found one that really tickled my fancy. And it was you get three guys, three guys to win the golf tournament. And you don't want to just want, okay, yep. just one of them has to win. Right? Any of the three. So, mm-hmm. again, there's so many different pages here at DraftKings, the different props that you can do. You got to kind of fight through and find all the different, different. All right, click on this. I think it was through tournament specials, and then it's two way or three way is what you get. So I got these three guys to win the tournament. They're all young guns. At plus 650, I get Morikawa, who mm-hmm. I was going to bet I already... That's one of the guys already circled on the list. Mm-hmm. Shoffley, as you know, is always on my list. Seemingly, yeah. And I also get Cantley. And speaking of nerds, he's a huge nerd too, but he's a good golfer. Mm-hmm. I get those three guys at plus 650. What are the other... Is there any other groups? There were, yeah. Let me see if I can pull some of these up, uh, some of the other groups. DJ was in one of them. That makes a lot of sense. He's with a couple of the other favorites. In fact, I think that was maybe one of the uh, the one with the lowest odds, if you will. Scrolling through here, top finishes, double, triple chance. That's what it is. Rom, Rory, and Victor Hovland. That's a short price. Plus 340. Next group, Scotty Scheffler, DJ, and Spieth, plus 450. Okay. JT, Kepka, DeChambeau, plus 550. That's one I want. That's the one you want. Yep. And then the fourth one is one that I took with Maury Cower, Scheffler, and Cantley. There's a few others listed there that you go a little bit deeper, get some bigger odds. And you want to go with the debutante, Sam Burns, Oosthuizen, who's always around, mm-hmm. and uh, Ty Hatton, 16 to 1. So just a different way to bet it, but. That's what makes this tournament so much fun, too. And betting on golf, uh, I, I wasn't sure I would get into it, and, and I'm not on a weekly basis, thankfully. <laughs> but <laughs> I got club last week, right? Um, Where did you guy Luke List? Luke List, yeah, he finished out fifty seven. I mean, on Friday he was in the hunt. He was great. He was six under, and then the wheels fell off. Did they? Yeah. And he's in the Masters. Yes, yeah. And it's got to be a huge price. Oh yeah, I saw at uh, well at Circa, Zach Johnson was seven fifty to one. Really. Seven fifty to one. I think that's worth five bucks. No, it's not. No, Just give me not. the five dollars. <laughs> right, right. We will uh, take a time out. We're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about the regional teams, baseball teams. Uh, we're going to start today with the Cardinals. Cappy obviously will cover the uh, uh, Cubs and the White Sox when he joins us tomorrow. I watched his debut, the debut of his show last night, Unfiltered. Oh, really? On six sixty five. Uh, it was a new TV show. It was half hour daily week or, or, or every weekday show. Mm-hmm. Um, he had. Um, um, Tom Izzo. Okay, good connection there. Right? No, he's got a. It's a. It's a really good connection. Who else did he have on the show? Um, oh, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Anyways, um, Cappy will join us tomorrow. 
as we catch up with the cap man on the Cubs and the White Sox. We'll take our time out. Cardinals we'll next. Cardinal conversation with our buddy Brian Walton. CardinalNation.com. Trent, I can't find anybody that's going to push the Brewers. I feel like I'm that way, too. I like this Cardinals team. Oh, Billy fact- Donovan was his other guest. Oh, okay. Piece. Yeah. Good basketball yeah, stuff Yeah, I'll there. say. As spring training was starting here just three weeks ago, I kind of like the Cardinal team. And the mm-hmm. more that I dug into it, a lot of age. Mm-hmm. I think four of the regulars over 31. Look at the staff. It doesn't exactly inspire confidence. I like the bullpen a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think the Brewers, again, with health in that staff, their backup catcher, by the way, for the Brewers was just handed an 80-game suspension. Ooh. Yeah. Saw for, some free agents also got dinged. Yeah, I saw that yesterday, too. But this kid's going to – they were counting on him to you know carry some of the load. I would be shocked if the Brewers don't win 88-plus games. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know who's going to push them. I really don't. Cardinals, everything comes together, 84, 85, mm-hmm. kind of in that range. Mm-hmm. And the Cubs, the Pirates, the Reds. All kind of cross-offs at this point. Uh, Brian Walton on those Cardinals next. Miller and Condon underway on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Baseball life. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. Brian Walton in a moment, just real quick. Tiger has met with the media at Augusta. He was just asked this question. Do you think you can win the Masters this week? His reply, I do. They moved on. That's enough for you. He's playing, baby. I don't think he's winning, but he's playing. Let's get Brian Walton. They're going to play 162. Brian Walton won't join us that many times, but he'll join us a bunch over the summer. We're grateful for the relationship, and he's back with us. Brian, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Brian Walton? Hey, it's almost opening day, so it's an exciting time for all baseball fans. Indeed it is. I wasn't sure we were going to see it. Well, we thought we were going to see it, but just wasn't sure it was going to happen uh, in early April, as we're grateful that it does. Brian, let's start with um, let's start with the manager, Oliver Marmol. I, I was struck by Mike Schultz's comments so from, I think, a week ago or sometime in the last couple of weeks. He just gutted, or at least he was just gutted uh, when, he was, uh, when he was let go. But Oliver Marmol, what can you tell us about him? It's his first go-around as a manager in the bigs he's been on the coaching staff uh why him brian walton well he was a trusted lieutenant to mike schilt and like mike schilt oliver marmol uh was groomed within the organization had various responsibilities uh managing running spring training camps uh base base coach then a bench coach uh very young 35 years old one of the youngest managers in baseball and um, Oliver Marmol never played in the majors like Mike Schilt. So he comes with an, with an analytic background, which is very much, uh, mm-hmm. in sync with the Cardinals front office, but still as a former player has credibility with the players. And it'll be interesting to see that all the other coaches were kept on the staff, including veteran pitching coach Mike Maddox. So Marmol has a very, very experienced support staff around him. Youngest manager in the game. He's the youngest since Eric Wedge got the job in Cleveland back almost 20 years ago in 2003. That youth is something that is becoming, really doesn't matter the sport. We see more and more of this. Important to the Cardinals as an organization, is it something that they were looking at somebody that could connect better to the younger generation? I think so. And, you know, you go back to the Tony La Russa years, and let's face it, Tony La Russa, obviously already a Hall of Fame manager, 
decided to come back and manage. But, you know, the old-time managers had their ways of doing things, and they were strong personalities, and they had years of experience to back them up. But in today's world, with all the investments in understanding data, um, whether it be on, on uh, pitch velocities and spin rates or for hitters' launch angles and all the other new measurements, they're – Organizations are more comfortable when they have guys who are willing to really meld those approaches together and not just manage by their gut. Uh, Brian Walton is our guest. Well, they're young in the managerial department, but they got some veterans on this team, and they got older last week by signing Pujols, uh, who is, I mean, he's going to the Hall of Fame as soon as he's eligible, and I still believe Yachty, likewise, and and then Adam Wainwright. So these three guys, uh, long in the tooth, what do they have left, do you think, uh, Brian? Well, we've seen Adam Wainwright continue to defy logic. Uh, he, in fact, you know, in the middle the middle part of his career had a lot of injuries and that's probably kept him from becoming a hall of famer himself. But, you know, he will certainly be a Cardinals hall of famer and he is with the injury to Jack Flaherty. Uh, he's out indefinitely. Adam Wainwright is going to be expected to lead this rotation, which is a little short on experience compared to where the Cardinals were in recent years. Yadier Molina is Yadier Molina. And mm-hmm. he's finally starting. He's willing to say that, Hey, I don't have to play every day that Andrew Kisner is understudy can play a little more and maybe that will keep Molina fresher offensively defensively he's still you know one of the best in the game Albert Pujols I think we saw a great contrast in how Albert Pujols was used last season with the Angels he was an everyday player mm-hmm. every day's a designated hitter struggled against right-handed pitching but when he moved to the Los Angeles Dodgers they realized hey Albert is still a force against left-handed pitching let's put him in situations where he can succeed and the trick for the Cardinals will be to try to balance the nostalgia and the and the, let's face it, the ticket selling value of Albert Pujols with the fact that he needs to be used where he can be most effective. This team is going to push the Brewers in the division. Certainly, some of the young arms got to come together. But health is concerned right now. Alex Reyes, who we always talk about, it feels like the yeah. health with him. And then Jack Flaherty, who is coming off the shoulder issues that he had at the end of last season, just began a throwing program, probably going to be a month or so before we see them. Those young arms certainly are important for this team. How are they going to fill in the gaps until both guys are ready to go? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. The health of the pitching staff is probably the biggest X factor for this team because the guys behind Wainwright are veterans Miles Michaelis and Dakota Hudson, and both those guys spent significant time on the injured list last year as well. And so, you know, they're going to need those guys behind Wainwright to be healthy. But let's face it, without Jack Flaherty, there aren't guys who are going to pitch eight or nine innings every day out. So this is going to put more pressure on the Cardinals' bullpen, which we saw was exceptional in the first half of last year. But Mike Schilt tended to overuse the same three guys, and by the end of the season, they were tapped out. And the Cardinals focused their limited resources that they chose to spend this offseason in trying to add some veterans to the back end of the bullpen. And Steven Matz uh, comes over as well, and he was really good. I mean, I get Robbie Ray was um, the, the ace of that stuff, but I thought Matz maybe not saved his career, but showed there's something left there. What is left uh, as he gets back into the National League? Well, the Cardinals needed a left-hander in the rotation with uh, with Kim, the Korean, uh, having left the roster and uh, returned to his home country. And, and Stephen Matz was a very successful pitcher with the Mets. He was a guy that was a, a very highly ranked prospect and, and sort of fell short of those lofty expectations. But I think with the Cardinals' gold glove defense behind him, all of whom are back from last year, I think Stephen Matz will be able to take advantage of the large ballpark in, in Bush Stadium and that strong defense behind him. And I think, you know, he could be a surprise this season, a pleasant surprise. DH now in the National League full-time. Of course, Albert Pujols anticipate he's going to get some of those DH. But 
how is Marmol going to use the DH? Is it going to be a lot of Goldschmidt and Arenado and Molina giving them extra days off using the DH? Or is it going to be pull holes for, say, five out of every eight games? He's going to be the guy that they trot out there. Well, I, I can't speak for sure, Trent, what's going to happen. But I will tell you that I hope that he will, again, use Pujols like, more like he was used in Los Angeles because there are a number of, of young players who are trying to find at best. Lars Newtbar, the outfielder who came up last year, did very well. Edmundo Sosa, a middle infielder who played, uh, actually took over the job in the second half when Paul DeYoung slumped. So there are guys on the – and then Corey Dickerson, they brought in a veteran outfielder to be sort of their fourth guy. Mm-hmm. So they can – I think maybe do a better job than they did in the past of giving Goldschmidt and Arenado a day or two off from playing in the field and maybe have them fresher in the second half as well because there's no doubt between Goldschmidt and Arenado as well as emerging uh, power threat Tyler O'Neill, those middle of the lineup guys are crucial for the Cardinals' offense to score runs this year. Uh, what worries you about the about the everyday players? Is there a position that um, you know you mentioned? There's a lot of Gold Glovers uh, surround, uh, all scattered all over the infield. What worries you? Paul DeYoung, uh, I think we all saw when he came up as a rookie, you know, and he hit all those home runs and, and uh, was really a, a, a solid, one of the top shortstops offensively in the game. And then each of the two years following, his performance dropped off and dropped off. A very intelligent guy, but maybe a little bit like Matt Carpenter, uh, the former third baseman, he maybe thinks too much and doesn't, doesn't focus as well on what he needs to do as an offensive player. Now, DeYoung had a very good spring. It was very encouraging. But, you know, I, I think that he's really the guy who's the, probably the least proven on the offensive side of the team. Who's the leadoff guy? I know uh, they tried it out yesterday, probably what's going to be their real lineup come Thursday's games. Is it Dylan Carlson? Yeah, it sure looks like it. And mm-hmm. Dylan Carlson, of course, a switch hitter, mm-hmm. uh, very, very good all-around player. Maybe he doesn't have the top tools at any area, but er- you know everything he does, he can do well. That's it for power. He can run. Uh, very good defensively. And the, the the other sort of contenders for the leadoff spot, Harrison Bader and Tommy Edmond. Edmond's a switch hitter, but he really hasn't been successful from both sides of the plate. And so the Cardinals right now are putting Bader and Edmond down in the bottom third of the order, which, you know, hopefully will get guys on base so that when Carlson comes up in the after the first time up, he'll actually have a chance to drive in runs because he is capable of doing that. Yeah. Carlson's you know, definitely capable of hitting lower in the order, but they need that consistent on-base um, percentage-type person uh, leading off. So it looks like it's going to be Carlson. Hmm. Uh, Brian, other than the Brewers, I mean, it looks like it's the Brewers or the Cardinals, I think, in, in some order. I would put the Brewers ahead of them slightly with Flaherty being out for a while and that one-two punch that the Brewers have at the top of their rotation right now. Uh, of the Pirates, the Cubs, and the Reds, is is there a team that will surprise in a positive way out of those three who enter the year with, you know, not, I mean, sure, they all think hope springs eternal, right? But really, realistically, not much hope, I don't think, for either three. Of the three, who do you think has a chance? Well, I think the Cubs, you know, had some very interesting players that were kind of off the scrap heap and off the radar. Uh, Frank Schwindel, um, uh, Rafael Ortega in the outfield. Uh, Patrick Wisdom at third base, some young players who perform pretty well. And, you know, maybe those guys can come around. I, I think the pitching is still shaky in Chicago, as it's been for a long time. But of those three teams, and the Reds, you know, it's just disappointing to see the Reds sell off uh, their good core of, of, you know, nucleus of players. And it's just it's disappointing as a baseball fan to see. And the Pirates, you know, continue to have one of the best farm systems in baseball, but the guys aren't really ready on the high scale yet, and, you know, they're going to probably be in the cellar again when the season's over. 
Really like this bullpen. It was interesting. I saw a quote from Marmo a little bit back, though. This is not old school thinking. This is not Tony Larusa, where he got one ninth inning guy. Gallegos was excellent at the end of last season. He's going to be the closer most of the time, but how do you anticipate bullpen usage is going to be? And certainly at that back spot, talking a lot of the fantasy guys out there, myself included. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were having a debate about that on the Cardinal Nation uh, message board the other day, and there are a lot of folks who who are used to the Tony Larusa traditional situation where your closer comes in to pitch the night no matter what. Mm-hmm. But what moreover Marmol said is, hey, if I'm in a situation in the seventh inning, I got the bases loaded and the number three man's up, I'm going to bring in my best arm for that situation. I'm not going to hold him in reserve and risk losing the game. So, you know, you could see the the back end of the pen guys, certainly Gallegos, uh, Hennessy Cabrera from the left side, um, you know, come into the game earlier. And, and Jordan Hicks, where, you know, we're kind of waiting to see how he's going to be used, whether he'll be used as a longer reliever or at the back end. But the Cardinals do have some, some weapons, but it looks like it's going to be less of the traditional approach and more about the matchups and the game situations in terms of how the bullpen is used. They won 90 games last year, Brian. Can they do that again this year? I do. I think so. And again, you know, the division's weaker, let's face it. Mm-hmm. The Cubs, I agree. You know, the Cubs are rebuilding. The Reds are the you know the Reds are rebuilding. The Pirates still are rebuilding. But I think you're right. I think those head-to-head games against the Brewers are going to say a lot about whether uh, that Milwaukee pitching is going to be able to handle the Cardinals' offense or or vice versa. Uh, Brian, last thing for you. I mean, it sure looks as though I don't want to say a foregone conclusion, but man, the Dodgers from uh, uh-huh. how, how do you go look at that lineup for <laughs> crying out loud? It's not fair. Uh, who is the second best team in the National League? You know that's a that's a great question. I mean, the San Diego Padres have made some tremendous moves. They continue to add pitching. Uh, of course, they've lost Fernando Tatis, their their big bat, but they've got a young prospect up at shortstop that looks like he's going to do very well. I really like those two teams in the West, the Dodgers and the Padres. And I this year might be the year the the, the Padres. Last year, of course, it was the Giants that were kind of mm-hmm. the surprise. I think this year the Padres will give the Dodgers a good run for their money. Uh, in the East, Brian, is it as wide open or is it wide open? I mean, the Marlins and the Nationals, I think, are probably going to scuff again this year. Is it a, is it truly a three team race? Phillies, Braves, Mets. You know, I think the Marlins are an up and coming team. I do they too. I do too. They made some good moves. Yeah. I, I think the Washington Nationals, you know, it's really disappointing. Again, another team that, you know, was in the World Series not long ago. And, you know, they've just sort of dismantled their core. They still have Soto. They still have a few players. But I, I saw them a lot in spring training. And, you know, it just, you know, and of course they've lost Max as well. They, uh, they're just not going to be in the mix of things. So I think the Nationals could end up being the last place team. Uh, the Met, you know, the Mets are the Mets. They, you know, volatile. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they'll finally put it together for one year. But, the Phillies have made some great additions on offense, and I, I like him as sort of a, I wouldn't say a dark horse, but they're kind of my favorite to take the East this year. Interesting. Miami and the, and the Cardinals, do they still share the complex of Jupiter? Yes, they do. That's what I thought. Yep. Good stuff. Brian, thank you. We'll uh, talk to you uh, throughout the season. We appreciate you coming on to give us kind of a little scene setter uh, for Cardinal baseball uh, this coming summer. Thank you, Brian Walton. Appreciate it. Talk to you again soon. Yes, you will. Thank you, Brian Walton. The CardinalNation.com as we begin our look around MLB with some of the regional teams. The Twins tomorrow, are we going to pull that off? Twins tomorrow, we'll get uh, also the Cubs and White Sox, as he mentioned earlier, with Caffey. we still got to hit the Royals, the Brewers, a cursory glance of the regionals. I, I think they're going to run away and hide. I think so, too. Health, I guess, is the one concern. I guess, yeah. But if Yelichies even becomes adequate, not the MVP that we saw three years ago, but just becomes okay. Mm-hmm. If Keston Hira finally figures it out, mm-hmm. 
mean, these are huge question marks. And even without those guys, they ran away with the division last year. And that one two at the top oh. of the rotation. I mean, Woodruff and Burns. I guess it's Burns is one, right? Mm-hmm. And Woodruff too. Uh, and then you bring the lefty hater out of the bullpen. And good night now. Drive home safely. And how is there in the rest of that? I like the rest of that staff. Peralta uh-huh. solid. Yeah. It's hard to come up short of injury with a realistic thing. And the numbers are showing that right now. What are the Cardinals to win the World Series at DraftKings? Do you know off the top of your head? Let me oh. see if I can look real fast. Yeah, they have to be. I'm going to take a guess here that the Cardinals are 30 I'm not as fast as you. Give me a second. All right. Give me a second. Let the old man get this here. All right. Let me flaunt my... Uh... <laughs> Mr. Technology <laughs> over there. You can't see the app. That's oh, yeah. My Where's problem. your glasses? What's well, going on over there? I can't see with them or without them. All right. Dodgers are 475, plus 475. You get plus money. That's a positive, I guess. You know what, Trent? I, I'm with you. I, this might be the best. This might be the highest you're going to get on this team. I with they're going to have a streak. They have a streak every year where they look terrible for two weeks. That'll but that one. Time. But you remember that last year? It didn't do anything to the odds. No, you're right. Yes, because we were waiting. Why right. Going to drop this thing. Can I get a five to one, please? Nope. Not going to get it. So there. This the might be the time to jump on them. Plus four seventy five. Is it going to be better for the Dodgers? Because if they get out and they get off to a ten and two start. I think it's just getting it's get tighter and tighter. And and their win total was what did you say yesterday? Ninety eight and a half. Ninety eight and a half. That's what it was at Bet Rivers. That's where I fired at that one. Ninety eight and a half. I don't think certainly the Giants are going to be as good as they were a year ago. Remember, Dodgers didn't even win that division last year. No, the right the Giants did by a game. And I think you're going to see a step back from them. Padres will be better than the tire fire that they were a year ago mm-hmm. and the infighting that they had. And Jace Tingler just could not figure it out with that young group. And now they have a real manager, which will go a long way for the Padres. But can anybody push them? Probably not. I don't think so either. Regular season wins. Um, yeah, I Did you find the cards? No. I'm struggling to see this. I, I got it here. All right. Blue Jays, the second choice, plus 450. St. Louis Cardinals to win the World Series. They are 30-1 to 1 at mm. DraftKings right Here's now. Here's a prop at, at DraftKings. Is there a team that wins 103 games, 103 and a half? So that's the number. Okay. Does anybody win? Go over that 103, 103. The yes. The Dodgers do. The Dodgers do. It did last year. They don't have the Giants to contend with this year. I don't think. If the Pirates and the Reds and the Cubs are all awful, and mm-hmm. the Cardinals are just okay, and the Natties are going to be, they're going to be. Bleh. The, the Rockies are terrible. The Snakes are awful. But could I? Couldn't you say the Brewers could do it? If. Three teams in your division are awful. The Cubs, the Pirates, and Reds are all bad. Could they get to 103? Maybe. Remember, they don't play each other as much anymore as That's they true. used to. Good call. Maybe. We'll come back. I'll wrap up our number one. Do you think you can win the Masters? I do. That was Tiger Woods. <laughs> A two-word answer at his press conference that just took place. He's playing. We will take our time out. Miller and Condon, back to wrap up the first hour of the program. We're going to talk more Kansas Jayhawks in hour number two with our buddy Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. And then Ryan Fagan will go around uh, Major League Baseball with Ryan Fagan. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. by the club today. minutes. How about this uh, for a starting lineup, a batting order? Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, Will Smith, Chris Taylor, seven, Cody Bellinger, eight, <laughs> and then Gavin Lux. I mean, good luck. Gavin Lux was a top prospect, too. He wasn't, and he can't see the field. They couldn't see the field until they traded Pollock last week. Oh, my gosh. 
I mean, I hope that I hope it's not as easy as this that somebody's going to jump up. Ninety-eight and a half. Usually, with those high numbers, it makes sense to go under. Yeah, I don't. I, there's no way that they're going to lose that many or not win a hundred games. It feels very, very difficult. So, playing around during the break on DraftKings, there yeah, this are, is fantastic. There are a multitude of different things. We just talked about this with golf. Same thing here with Major League Baseball, including for each team, every Major League Baseball team. You can bet over under what their longest win streak is going to be this year. Mm-hmm. So, first thing that jumped out at the top of the page were the Cubs. The Cubs currently over under is five and a half. So, do you think they'll have a six game winning streak or more? You would take What's the, the over. no prop? What's the no price? Plus 165. This is no heavily way. juiced. Yes. So, under. So, they don't have a six game winning streak this year. Yeah. Plus 165. Hmm. With that rotation? It's winking at me. It's winking to me, too. How about the Brewers, the class of the division? Seven and a half, their number. If you take the over, you get plus money, plus 105, do the they, under. Do they have any Pirates-Reds back-to-back series? <laughs> right. you got to look at the schedule and go a little right. bit deeper there. Uh, speaking of those Pirates, over-under also five and a half. Minus 175, though, on the under portion mm. of that one. The other thing that I loved, and I just fired at this one, is they have... Either exact in each division, who finishes first, second, in the order that you want, or trifecta. So I did the division I follow the closest, the American League. Central. So let me let me guess how you did it. Yep. Well, obviously you've got Chicago on top. Unfortunately, yes. Um, well, it's got, it comes down to Detroit or Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I th- I'm gonna guess you put. I would have done Twins Tigers. You probably did Tigers Twins. I did. Tigers Twins that is plus eight fifty right now. That's a huge price. I like the Tigers. I think the Twins have improved, uh-huh. and the White Sox are going to run away. One, two, three, plus eight fifty, and boy, can you just imagine? It comes down to that final weekend, and oh, need the Tigers to win their series in order to get that one. I've got one I want to ask you on the other side because you probably won't be able to find it as quickly. But I want to do Dodgers, and then either the Giants, Padres, or Padres Giants because the Snakes and the Rockies stink. It's a three, well, it's a one-team race, but the race is for second money. Um, We'll do that on the other side. Get back uh, at about 11.15 with uh, Heartland uh, College Sports' Matt Postens and then Ryan Fagan on baseball. We are through hour number one, hour two coming up next. Miller and Condon are here on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.